here. Lord, we just thank you for that realm of creation. We thank you for the realm of light, the realm of original design. Lord, I thank you for sparking, sparking that light that is in, within each and every person here. Lord, I thank you for what you are doing in your uh, church as you are raising us up as the sons of God, mature sons of God. In your mighty name, amen. Okay, so I'm going to start with a scripture. So if you could put up the scripture that I, I, I want to start here because the Lord just used this scripture um, for me to just frame up the whole um, um, teach. So we're going to put up 2 Samuel 23. And I feel like this is prophetically very fitting. 2 Samuel 23, we're in 2023. And these are the last words of David. And he says, Thus says David, the son of Jesse, thus says the man raised up on high, the anointed of God of Jacob and the sweet psalmist of Israel. The spirit of the Lord spoke by me and his word was on my tongue. The God of Israel said, the rock of Israel spoke to me. It's like, get to the point. Okay, he who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. And he shall be like the light of the morning when the sun rises, a morning without clouds, like the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after the rain. Beautiful. Okay, so I want to speak today about ruling in the fear of the Lord and connect that with light and with original design and identity. That's the way the Lord has, has, has framed everything up for me. So when I say ruling, we're not talking about establishing a kingdom over men. We're talking about laying a hold of identity and authority and actually becoming it, like filling that place out. And that's as individuals and as corporate as the church. And we need to do this in the fear of God because, so it says that it will be like the sun rising, the light, we release our light and it has no cloud cover. So we do this in the fear of the Lord because we have to take off our covers. And who here likes to be uncovered before men? So this is what the Lord has been speaking. Okie dokie. Okay, so he linked this very strongly for me with original design. So I want to put up the next scripture. It's Matthew 19.4. And he answered and said to them, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? Pause and meditate. Can we even say that anymore? Like, that's just, and I just feel like that going out, if I get a bit um, militant, it's because the more I've pressed into this word, the more, um, the more of the battle I've started to encounter over this. So, you know, I just want to release that. He who made them at the beginning made them male and female. Amen. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. <laughs> And what I want to focus on there is that word beginning. That word in the Greek is archi, and it's the point at which you come into existence. It's the point that God made you. He made you in the beginning and what he established and what he uh, declared over you as you come into existence. That is the beginning. Now, that word is also used in Jude 1.6, and you can put that up. And it says, and the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for judgment. Okay, great. I didn't see that. Okay. Now, the angels who did not keep their proper domain or place, that is the same word for archi. Now, we're talking about spiritual beings. They were placed in spiritual places in the heavens, and they were to, assigned to do jobs, you know, specific things. So they were 
over different things in the world, and I'm not going to go into that, but I want to elaborate that that same word for place is archi, and it expands to mean your rule, your magistrate, your dominion. So when you come into creation, into existence, you have a sphere of dominion and authority that we need to lay a hold of and start to occupy. And he was starting to show me how this is linked to how we manifest as light. So we all know you are children of light. You know, in him was life and life was the light of men. Everyone who comes into existence, Jesus gives them light. We are light. But that's so abstract. Like, what does that even mean? How do we do it? You know, am I doing it? Like, <laughs> you know, I'm shining. Like, so I, I, I wanted to study light. And I'll show you why, because I had a very um, uh, profound encounter that this has all come from. So... Let's put up Matthew 13, 43. And the Lord showed me that this is original design linked to light. And it says, Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Now, shine forth, I'm just going to open that word up, is ek and lampo, to be resplendent. Ek means origin, the point whence motion or action proceeds. That is your origin, your original design. Lampo means to radiate brilliancy or give light. But it's not just talking about light, it's talking about resplendence. Resplendent is to be attractive and impressive, richly colourful and sumptuous. So that is, you shine from your original design. That, you, you beam radiant colour and light from that place of origin. It says in Psalm 139, and I've been really in that whole chapter at the moment, um, and it says that you were curiously wrought in the depths of the earth. Now, curiously wrought, that means to variegate colour. That's all of your different markings, all of the, the different um, you know, aspects. That's getting into the details of how you were made. And you, it's, it's to variegate colour. So it means to have different patterns. So you look different. Your, your personality is different from everybody else. And it is colourful. How's everyone tracking so far? Are you following? Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, I want to explain this combination of um, just releasing from our original design and light in just one other way. So if you can put up Matthew 5.15. Okay. This is important, and I've always hated this scripture, but I think I misunderstood it. <laughs> I didn't hate it, but I struggled with it. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, so it says, Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So the Lord linked this scripture with Ephesians 2.10, which we just had released prophetically um, in the worship. And it says, for we are his workmanship, we're his handiwork created in Christ Jesus for good works that we should walk in them. So when we let our light shine before men, they see our good works. That's not just our charitable deeds, you know, do some good things and people will see that Christians are, you know... It's not, it's not. It's when we release what's in us individually, specifically. They're our good works, and that is how our light shines before men, and they see that, and they glorify our Father in heaven. Okay, so I want to touch on the current state of, of society. Um, I don't know a lot about the world. I don't watch the news. You know, whenever Todd's like, if you don't know this, you must be living under a rock. I'm like, why didn't you tell me? Like, Henry tells me everything, but I do know 
I do know that there is a twisting and a corruption. Okay, it says we wrestle against principalities. It says we also wrestle against ideologies. There is a twisting and a corruption in the realm of identity. Can we all agree on that? Yeah. Okay, so where am I? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so at the moment is June and we are in Pride Month where you see a... um, you know, uninhabited expression of colour and personality and, you know, identity and this sort of exuberant show that is celebrating something so utterly corrupted and twisted um, and, and antichrist. And yet the church, as, what does Todd say? That's a car park of beige Corollas. It's just, yeah, that someone just pulled up in another beige Corolla. Do you know what I mean? Like we are, and it's Pride Month and, and yeah, anyway, I'll get to that. But what we're seeing, what I feel, okay, yeah, what I feel is what's opened up in the spirit is an invitation for two things, to redeem creation and to manifest as true sons in mature identity. And we're seeing two counterfeit movements, climate change and identity politics. So the church needs to step up into these seats and occupy and and rule and yeah, so <laughs> what we're seeing at the moment is anarchy. So we heard about archy, your original design, the way the Lord established it. Anarchy is when we're, it's a turning against God's established order and design and his rule, his creation, what he intended. The church, we're no different though. We need to be pro-archy. We need to come into agreement with who we are. The Lord just showed me this is so much, you know, turn the lens on yourself and just... Yeah, so I've done a lot of identity deep dive. So this came from a dream slash encounter. I say encounter because I was there. That I had a few months ago and I essentially went into hell. Uh, and I was telling Todd the next day. <laughs> and all the interpretation I got was, so you've had a bad day. <laughs> I was like, thank you. Uh, yes. Anyway, what, what happened was I fell through the earth into a place, into a region, and I landed in the middle of, uh, under the earth, and it was dark, it was red, it was hazy, and it took, took me a moment to realise I hadn't been sent to hell. Um, this, there were people down there, and I was being watched, and I say watched, because when I peered into the darkness, there were multitudes and multitudes of people um, like arm to arm, just it was like an arena. Like I was in the middle, and, every, and like I'd arrived. They knew I was there, but when I looked at their faces, they had no eyes, nose, ears, mouth, completely cut off, completely wiped, um, and just rendered, just, just cut off. And I was like, okay, um, you know, the first um, realization I had that I wasn't in hell in my final destination was I was still aware of the Lord. That's a big, big key. So the Lord was still in my consciousness and I started to um, realize that I was on assignment. The second thing is I started to see you guys, people from FOD, different members, powerful people, people I really thought were going to make it to heaven. So I was like, why are you here? You know, what's going on? And I realized we were on assignment and we were running through and just touching people and, and laying a hold of them and just saying, be healed, you know, receive Jesus. And we're just like bringing a move of God to this place. And simultaneously above earth, I was there as well. And there were multitudes uh, you know, having a festival or a party, and it was like fringe, you know, people, it wasn't full debauchery, but worldly, there were Christians up there, 
and people were just moving around and I was moving through the crowds above as well. And I ran into a friend, a Christian friend, and they had just bought themselves a new lamp and they were showing me their lamp and it was not a very good lamp at all. Uh, It was very bad quality, uh, like a cheap knockoff, so just poorly made, cheap, bad quality. They were very excited about it. I was like, oh no, it was not good. Their name means broad place. So this was a rebuke to the church that we are engaging in a broad place and our light is, it was like a counterfeit, it was a cheap light. I was like, oh, ouch, okay. But the Lord spoke to me recently. He brought this all back, you know, and he just said to me, the move of God that I'm releasing is going to reach into the depths of the earth. You know, this is, these people were utterly uh, hopeless. Like you could not access them except through the touch of the Lord. And that's what he's wanting to do. And I knew it was around identity. I knew there was an issue in the church and that this is a, a generation caught in a spiritual place of bondage. This was a region. And I asked the Lord the next day, you know, was that actual hell and he said no that was a trope and he used the word t-r-o-p which I had to look it up but is something that means something else it's figurative so I I knew okay it's a region it wasn't hell it was a, a region a spiritual place of captivity and I started to dig around in some of the the themes here and the Lord spoke to me from Matthew 13 15 and you can pop that one up This is Jesus quoting Isaiah, and he says, For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Now, dull is a condition of the heart. It's better translated to fat, fattened or stupefied. And James 5.5 expands this a little bit more, this, this fattened heart, if you want to pop that one. Did I give you that? Yeah. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your heart as in the day of slaughter. So stupefy is the inability to think or feel properly. It's, it's a condition of the heart. It's a layer that comes around the heart. It's not, it's not hard, but it's, it's fat. And in James, it sort of breaks down to something you do when you nurture or cherish something with food or like raise a child, like not in a good way. And essentially the Lord was saying, this is, this is the raising of a generation to be rendered totally useless and incapacitated. No muscle, no ability to think or feel properly. And it's something you do to prepare an animal for slaughter. Horrific. Now, the root of the word fatten is trope. And trope in the Greek means a turn or a revolution. And the Lord went, took me back to Matthew. If their hearts would understand and they would turn, I could heal them. And I felt like what he was saying with this prophetic bread trail crumb is I'm bringing a turn or a revolution or a move of my spirit into these unreachable places. So that was powerful. And he started to give me some one-liners and he was saying, this is about... Reformation for the church and revolution for the world. Reformation as in reformation. Um, It says in Psalm 139 again. So David's really encountering his moment of creation and it's uncomfortable, but it's glorious. And he's like, well, where can I go? I can't hide from this, but it's amazing. And it's just this real like backwards and forwards um, in that whole chapter. But at the start, he says, you have beset me behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. 
and beset that speaking of like a cramping or a confining. That's a narrow place. It means to come around and to do a forming and fortifying work. So reforming so that he can lay his hand upon you. To lay your hand upon means to um, consider a point and mark with the power of my touch. So that is what I feel he is doing with the church so that we can come into a place of being reformed back to our original substance, the thing that he breathed on us before we, you know, took it and went a different way. So for those of you who don't know, before um, I came to Field of Dreams, I worked for about 10 years in the craft and design sector. So I went, I was at Jam Factory, which is the leading craft and design institute. And people make work. They make furniture, they make lighting, they make ceramic glass, and it's all beautifully crafted, very expensive, exclusive products. And so what would happen is you will put probably six months into producing a product, lots of trial and error, you know, the thing has to be beautiful and functional. And, you know, it comes from a place of ideas, it comes from the creative realm, you know, it's unique to the person who's making it. You want, you want to make something that's different from everything else. And, you know, they're beautiful products. And what would happen is you would make a product and then a couple of months later, that thing would be being sold in Kmart for $3. Hardly functional, very, you know, bad quality and just a total knockoff of what you originally designed. And the lamp that I was shown in the dream was a cheap knock-off. It was a counterfeit, and it was linked to the Broadway. And it says, many are those who take the Broadway. And this is a place of safety in numbers, and it's a place of counterfeit light. And the Lord reminded me of a scenario of school in my school years. Around year six, seven, I don't know what was going on, but I was not, I was not fitting in, and there were some nasty, very troubled girls. I was being bullied for a long time, and they'd all formed a club. It was an exclusive club, and I was not allowed into the club. This was the bubblegum club, and they all had characters, and I wasn't allowed. I wasn't able to fit my piece into something that meant a lot to me. So I was being excluded, and it was hurtful. But what was more of an issue is what my little heart did with that situation, I remember saying to myself, okay, fine, I'm transitioning into high school now and I am going to make myself into a completely different person so that this never happens again. I am going to take matters into my own hands and I'm going to have a bit of this and a bit of that person and a bit of you and I'm going to completely refabricate myself until I can fit into any situation counterfeit light and I have have been on a long journey but when I got to FOD and had some ministry sessions they were like okay 80% of your personality is fabricated but you did a really good job (laughs) okay I'm a maker too I know how to do this you did a really good job at the the, the building that you took into your own hands so hats off to you that takes a lot of undoing and (laughs) that takes a lot of undoing but the, the thing that really has accelerated me, the Lord gave me a word to hang on to at the start of this year, and he said, a broken and a contrite heart will be an anchor to your soul. So he kind of married two scriptures together. And essentially, that is fear of the Lord. Now, fear was my big one. Fear of man, fear of failure, fear of the unknown, fear of the future, fear of the past, you know, whatever. Just fear was something that was very crippling to me. Coming into fear of the Lord has just fast-tracked my 
transformation process, I guess. And being broken and contrite, so it's not, you know, being sad and depressed all the time. Broken means to break into pieces, break forth, bring to birth, break out, essentially. So you're breaking down, deconstructing what needs to be broken down in order that what needs to come out can break forth and be br- bring to birth, bring something out. It looks like openness and surrender, where his light, his truth can penetrate areas that otherwise would have remained in darkness, and your light can break forth, and that's the part I want to focus on. So, yeah, it looks like being receptive and responsive. So when something comes at you that you don't like, a discipline or something hits up against your ways, you choose to be responsive. And when he asks you to do something, you choose to be receptive. And then when he asks you to do something you don't want to do, you choose to be responsive. And it creates so much room for intimacy because it says he's close to the brokenhearted. That is such a reality. Why? Because we're not set against him. You know, it says he resists the proud, but really it's it's pride that resists him. So I think... hmm. Can I have some water? <laughs> I'm not very good at drinking. I can't get it to my mouth. Thank you. Okay. So, I think we think of humility as sitting back or diminishing ourselves in some way and pride as shining and, you know, being expressive, displaying something boldly. But it's actually the complete opposite. So when we are, we need brokenness, we need humility, we need fear of the Lord in order to actually shine from a true place. Because when we make ourselves in our own ways, we are building that on self-protection and self-preservation. It becomes a covering that comes over us. And we trade out of that covering into a place of fear of the Lord being exposed, breaking forth, bringing things to birth. Yeah, so I mentioned before Pride Month, and what the Lord was saying to me was pride is just a counterfeit for worth, not truly knowing your worth. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, and I would like to put up 2 Samuel 6.14, because this really shows the, it's an example of what I feel the Lord is wanting to catch the church up into. It's a level of liberty and freedom in him. And this is, we know this passage very well, but it's 2 Samuel 6.14. And David and his choice men have just laid a hold of the ark, the presence of God, and they've brought it in. And David danced before the Lord with all his might He was wearing a linen ephod, important, he wasn't naked. And all of the house of Israel, David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Now, as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, it's not how you pronounce it, but I'm just going to say Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw the king leaping and whirling before the Lord and she despised him in her heart. Okay, so David celebrates, he, bless, he, he establishes the ark in the tabernacle, he blesses all the people with food and drink, and then they have an interaction, and I want to draw some things out from here, so if you just want to put up verse 20, 
So he's just blessed all of Israel and he comes into his own place with people you'd think are close to you to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. Okay. So shameless and uncovered are the same word and it means it's galah. It means to be exposed and it also means in the Hebrew to be exiled. So when the children of Israel, when God took his hand of cover off of them, he galahed them before their enemies and they were taken into exile. So I want to focus on that, um, that meaning there is, is what the enemy hooks into. It's that fear that if I manifest my true self like me when I couldn't fit in and the, that part of me that I couldn't place somewhere, I had to shut down because the fear is, and I listen to a lot of hearts speaking in ministry sessions, very subconscious across the board is a deep-seated fear of exile. I will be put out, I won't get love, I won't be included, I won't da, 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 whatever that is. So exposure and exile are one and the same. That fear preaches to us that we need to stay in a place of self-protection and we employ a covering. So shameless and uncovered is the same. So she's basically saying, put on shame, cover yourself, put on fear, put on pride, put on self-loathing, cover yourself. But it says, do not kindle a light and put it under a cover or a container. Now, Michael's name in Hebrew means container. So this whole dynamic, it's very interesting, is that, that, that thing that gets in deep inside that causes us to employ self-protective mechanisms and our light becomes corrupted, dimmed, diminished. But let's look at David's response. So David said to Michael, Michael, Michal, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord. In other translations, it just says, I will play before the Lord. And it says, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children unto the day of her death. That's very important. Now, this is not just about doing crazy things before the Lord. This is who I am. You have to accept me. This is about being uncovered first and foremost before the Lord. David, it says, I did it before the Lord. That means in his presence, before his face. The only thing that is appropriate in, in that situation. We had that this morning. That realm broke out of true worship where we give back to him what he put inside of us. David was broken and poured out. And what he says to her is, I am a ruler. Yes. Ruler, the word there breaks down to, to front, to stand out boldly opposite, to manifest and to expose. So he is saying, yes, I am. I understand the assignment. I am called to expose myself, to stand out boldly 
opposite and to manifest my light. That is what it is to be a ruler. That's why it says we have to rule in the fear of the Lord because we trade out of that cover of the fear of man, which, this is my opinion, is the, is the shadow of death. Michael, she could not bear any children, so she was cursed in that way. She couldn't produce any fruit. When we stay in that place, and I am preaching to myself, of being under a cover that we employ ourselves, uh, a fear of man, fear of failure, whatever that is, it starts to erode our fruit within us. But when we take off our cover before the Lord, step into fear of the Lord, I believe we uh, trade into the secret place under the shadow of the Almighty. So as I've been moving more and more out of my own coverings, I have just been blown away with what what levels of protection the Lord is introducing me to, whether it's the angelic or just parts of his nature. And it really is a trade out of one place of covering into the shadow of the Almighty, where we dwell and we live and we abide. Now, what is very interesting is the Greek for the Hebrew galah is apocalypso, apocalypsis. Reveal, revelation, the revelation of Jesus. And it says that creation awaits eagerly for the apocalypse of the sons of God, for the revealing. It actually means for them to come out of their covers of hiding. That's what we're waiting for. We already are the sons of God. We already have light. We need to come out of the cover of our covers. (laughs) Okay. And I want to end on this. Because this is, the, this is what I feel is really starting to break out. The Lord's introducing us to this thing of being generous before the Lord, yes, not withholding, offering back to God, like I said, what he's placed in us. It belongs to him anyway. It's a sacrifice of praise. When it says that he danced with all his might, the word might means power. It's the same word as, you know, you saw my unformed substance. That means your power, your might. He, he released his substance. He danced with all of his might. He exported his light and his true self before the Lord. And he said, I am a ruler, yes, designed to stand out boldly, manifest, expose. Therefore, I will play before the Lord. And this is something, it's, the Lord was showing me, this is just such a heavenly currency. It says light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot comprehend it. It confounds the enemy. Like, it's almost like we become, the, the more mature we are in the Lord, the more childlike we become. And that manifestation of light is so, uh, off, it's, it totally confounds the enemy. It totally confounds darkness. Darkness cannot apprehend or comprehend it. And... Yeah, that word play, it's the same for where God sits in the heavens and laughs. You know, he mocks the plans of his enemies. It's a level of freedom that I believe he is wanting to catch us up into. It's like, yeah, it's like the Benjamin Button effect where the the older we get, the younger we become in him. Because it actually says in Romans 8.21, and I am landing the plane, that creation itself is delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. And that is the young, the young children, the technon children. So yes, we are the mature sons of God, but he's saying the liberty of the young children of God is what actually we redeem things into. When we are manifesting our light in such a free way, we redeem 
you know, generations who are stuck in places of spiritual captivity, creation is redeemed into our liberty. And the Lord was reminding me, he gave me a flash vision of, you know the movie Amazing Grace, William Wilberforce? I've, yeah, I love that movie. I just cry every time I see it. But it was a part of the movie where it's his home life, and I verified this on Wikipedia, so... Um, that it was very unorthodox. He has animals roaming through the house. His children are running amok, you know, and he, it says he prioritised play, playing with his kids. He loved to play with his children. He loved to be at home. He just had this hectic thing going on at home. And I believe it was in those times where he was playing with his children that the revelation or the, um, the I don't know, activation, impartation, whatever that is, that he was able to, you know, liberate a whole system into the liberty of the child. I just feel like the Lord, yeah, really highlighted that to me. Yeah. And I just want to end on some just thoughts the Lord has been speaking over the last few weeks. So I'll just read them out. The era of self-preservation is over. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Our coverings and our preservations are being done away with. We will not make it in this era if we do not know the protection of the Father and step out of the darkness and manifest the light. You know, Todd says, if you're going to be weird, be powerful. But I think Some of us need to be more weird in order to be powerful, to embrace, some of us, some of us need to be less weird, um, to embrace that uniqueness that he has placed inside of us. No more same, same, I want to be like everyone else. We need to embrace something unusual, something unorthodox that we just haven't seen before. So I just want to close there and I'll get you to take out your communion. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the liberty of the sons, the liberty of the children of God, Lord. We just thank you for what you are doing, what you are unlocking, what you are causing to come to birth, Lord, in each and every one of us. We thank you, Lord, for the courage to uncover, to be shamelessly uncovered before you and before men, Lord, to stand out boldly, to expose, to manifest. Lord, we no longer are going to stay in the shadows, just shining on the inside, Lord. I just thank you for the treasure and the light and the colour coming forth from every single person in this room, Lord. And we just thank you for your body and your blood, Lord. We thank you for what you've done to make anything possible. We thank you, Jesus, in your mighty name. Amen.
So good. Wasn't that an awesome word from Ebony? So, so good. So good. Awesome. I just, well, I just want to, I just had a quick discussion with Ebony. And what we're going to do is on the back of, we've just done communion, on the back of that message, there was so, there was so much in there. It really was. And we're not going to do kind of an altar call for, you know, if people feel like they are strange. Or did you say weird? Because we don't have enough altar space for everyone to come up here. Uh, but, but what I do want to do is, and I know this will really, really speak to someone. And I'm actually going to get Ebony to pray, but I'll start. I'll just start the prayer. But it was to do with, um, do you see the part where Ebony was talking about how she went from primary school to high school and how she kind of manipulated her own world to, to create all these different, that was so powerful. And then obviously then God had to correct them. And we're nearly there, I reckon, apparently. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, but this is so cool. How many people did that speak to? Because I actually feel that there was a grace in here to actually address some of that. I don't, I don't want to kind of cut false identities or anything. I don't want to label it too strongly because I'm about to ask people to stand up. And then everyone's like, well, I knew you had to. Who are you really? You know, been married, married so many years. Um, but what I do want to do is I just want to give the people the opportunity, not for long, literally five minutes. I just want to give people the opportunity to respond to that part of that. That really, really spoke to me. You know, sometimes we, we, we create places and we create parts of our world in order to not just protect, but in order to, because, you know, we call them protectors, but actually in order to function and survive particular seasons how many people does that speak to i just want to do it so if that speaks to you if you feel like when she said that you were like oh my goodness that is actually been some of my experience if you are interested in just feeling feeling just a touch from the holy spirit in that area why don't you stand to your feet no one's going to be looking around they're really not okay and so i'll pray so we're just going to pray, we're just going to do this awesome prayer right now because how many of you know that it says that God is close to the brokenhearted but this is so interesting it says that his name is Jehovah Rapha and the name Rapha is literally the one who stitches back together into its original form that is literally what the name Rapha means it means to knit back together to stitch back together to fix back to how it was originally designed which is why when you need healing and you cut your leg the leg then goes back to how it is originally designed the scab goes away and then the skin is clear again that's rougher that's healing i am god i am the god who heals you and so right now in the name of jesus we just call on the spirit of god and we say holy spirit would you come and manifest as Jehovah Rapha in this place. Would you manifest as healer in this place? Wow, there it is right there. Would you manifest as healer in this place? And would you move on the internal worlds of people who are standing to knit back together according to original form? according to original design. And so right now, in the name of Jesus, 
we just thank you that you are now, he's doing it now. It's actually happening for people right now. And so, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, just receive it. Right now, people are literally being knit back together right now. There's literally a spirit force in here of the spirit of God and the angelic to bring a level of healing and correction and correction. And so, Father, we just thank you for that correction right now in the name of Jesus just happening for people that it's literally being corrected and brought back to original, brought back to original design even right now. And we just thank you for any person that needs it we just say yes to that process. It's going to happen so quickly, even in here right now. Imagine if it actually happened now. Imagine if even, even for some people, you know, people go through 10, 15 years of counseling and healing. What if God did, could do it in an instant right now? He can. So we just welcome right now Jehovah Rapha and the Spirit of God to manifest himself in a place of healing. And where those things were set up, we acknowledge that there was potentially even sometimes a level of legitimacy in creating those places, creating those parts of personality, creating those forms. But we acknowledge that they're no longer needed. And we acknowledge right now that people would be uncovered, apocalypsed, I don't even know if that's the word, revealed as the sons of glory. revealed as the sons of God. So Father, we thank you that it's a company of people being called forth in this season who are a company of whole people. So we speak wholeness right now. We speak and release wholeness, original design, original form, just the way you were created perfect personality, perfect form, perfect call, perfect gifts, perfect identity, perfect temperament and personality. So right now we just release that reality and we say, Holy Spirit, would you have your way as you reform reformation of these people of your people tonight, this afternoon, in Jesus' name. some of you and this I'm just going to end on this for some of you when she talked about when Ebony talked about fear of man and fear that was a big deal for you you were like wow that's really the thing the fear of man and let me tell you this right now that it is we've been been singing about it we've been preaching on it but it's the fear of the Lord that delivers us from all other fear 
And so, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. This is for anyone. You don't need to acknowledge this, but just receive it if you want to. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for those people or any people in here that struggle with that, have struggled with that fear of man or fear of being rejected by people because they are uncovered in their true form. And we just declare in this place that we will become even more undignified than this, that we will allow that place of uncovering to happen. in order that we would engage more fully with the fear of the Lord in the fullness of who we are. And so we choose to engage with the fear of the Lord, which delivers us from all other fear. And we choose to engage that place of revealing or uncovering, regardless of what it looks like. Some people in here, you're just scared that you shine too brightly. And people will say, who do you think you are? How dare you think that you are the brightest star in here, in the sky? How, de- how can you, who do they think they are? Australia is great at, at cutting people down. America's very different. The UK is different still. Australia, the Australia as a nation is extremely good at cutting people down and making sure that everyone is the same size. How many of you know that we are not all the same size and we are all as sons of God called to shine as stars in the universe? So I'm just going to ask just as we land, just everyone, if everyone can just stand up. You're just going to pray this one prayer with me. Just, It's really easy to say... Father, in the name of Jesus, today I choose to shine according to my original design as a son of God. Help me not care what people think as I I rise according to who you've called me to be. Holy Spirit, baptize me in boldness and confidence in order that I can stand and administrate according to who you've called me to be. A son of God called to release the kingdom of God through my life to transform the earth. In Jesus' name. And everybody said together, Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. It was a great, great service. Awesome.